Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This episode sheds light on the concept of helping oneself before helping another. Discussed and explained to us in many ways for generations, the simplicity of the concept has still got people confused. Amidst the teachings of right manners, right etiquette, right morals, right teamwork and more, the guidelines to self-prioritization have been left to time. Some people struggle to make their choice known with the fear of judgment. Others find creating a balance between the two difficult. Our speakers today like to keep things simple. So here goes. We have one question this episode and it is a two-parter. The question goes somewhat like this. By helping myself, I help you. Helping you helps me or We are in this together, let's go with the flow. Which of the above thought processes do you most connect with? And what about you strengthens this belief? Which parts of your life have the other two concepts been useful for? If not, state why. Um, I think over the years what I've learned is self-care and self-help is really really important. Mm-hmm. The idea yourself before um other uh, sorry uh, yeah others you know sometimes uh, i think this is your upbringing right um and it makes you believe that if you put yourself before others you're somehow you know feeling uh, you're arrogant or self-centered but i think in my opinion it's the opposite um and it just means that you value your life as much as you value everyone else's life and which is something that you have to do and i think in most religion uh, religious uh, you know all these religious preachers and everything um, and even the religious texts mm-hmm. i think who say that you know you need to put yourself first but they also say you need to help the others so i think you know this one should go hand in hand I'll just give you an example. So when I was really young, um, you know, I used to wonder what my purpose in life is. So I thought, you know, maybe I should just help the less fortunate and make a difference to them somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe building villages, rehabilitation centers, or anything, right? The less fortunate, uh, whether it is monetary help or whether it is, you know, just emotional support or whatever. And somehow being the martyr over there it kind of made me feel like oh yeah i'm like re- really heroic and yeah i'm a very good person it, it it kind so that that, that is what i started realizing that you know when i started helping others i mean i'm not saying it's wrong not to help others but somehow over the years i realized that i'm only doing this to make myself feel better which is not bad it's okay i mean you're helping the other soul uh, and everything but um yeah i was actually doing this for self validation uh, self validating my own actions and feeling better about myself and you know telling myself that yeah hey i'm a good person um and and i i just felt happy and so basically at some level what i was doing um 
is I was trying to help myself even by helping others. So that is where the entire thing go. Uh, uh, th- that is what I was trying to tell you in the beginning. That you know, by helping oneself, you're actually helping others, and by also uh, by helping the other people, you're also um, helping yourself. So let me just like give you one example. Um, you know, of helping oneself, uh, which uh, which would help others. Uh, for example, you would have, you know, often heard this example a lot, but then it's really, really relevant to this particular situation. Um, you know, when you're going in an airplane and uh, the air hostesses say, uh, you know, if there is some kind of turbulence and then there are oxygen masks, you need to help your fir- yourself first before you help the other, even if the other person is your child or your spouse or whoever it is, right? Um, and, and it is, and it, and it kind of uh, translates into life as well. Uh, because see, when the airplane is going down, um, you know, your brain is all fuzzy and you're in the self-survival mode and everything. Uh, you, you're not thinking straight. You need that oxygen to even help you think straight. So you're, you know, by not helping yourself and trying to help the other person, you're actually putting two lives at risk yourself and the other person as well but whereas if you're trying to help yourself and make yourself better first mm-hmm. then you're state of mind to actually help the other person and um, the same thing translates to life as well right so when you're at a very uh, vulnerable kind of state whether it is your emotions whether it is your financial situation whatever it may be and you're just trying to help other people I don't know what you can give when you're not full yourself, when you're not full of love and when you're not uh, full of self-appreciation yourself. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, I do. But that's, I guess that's where this, uh, the question arises because when, when you say I, you're not sure what you can give when you're not, because as human beings, we tend to find, we seek validation and we tend to find a strength when we feel that we're helping somebody else. We may not be doing that great of a job, but just the thought that we're doing something for somebody else and they might be benefiting from it just helps us uh, and makes us feel stronger. I think I I do agree with you at a certain level uh, that it is okay. I mean, um, you know, if uh, that is, uh, you know, helping someone else is actually uh, making yourself feel better and making yourself stronger. Mm-hmm. That is actually, in a way, helping yourself as well. Um, and uh, like you said, it actually goes hand in hand, and it, it's it, it, that is what you're supposed to do because at the end of the day, you're taking care of yourself. And if it is by helping uh, someone else, then so be it. It's okay. But I think the primary uh, thing is I need, uh, you need to help yourself. Um, I, I think this is something that happens in most relationships also, right? I, um, and most of us focus on the other person in the relationship in the name of love that we actually forget to love ourselves. And in the process, we, uh, you know, we, want to, uh, we want them to reciprocate the love. And when they're not able to do the same for us, uh, we kind of resent ourselves. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just a small example. See, we, I think, uh, in some way, um, 
you know we teach people how to treat us by our own actions and attitude towards ourselves so if we are putting out signs out there saying that you know hey you know we are ready to sacrifice ourselves for the uh, to help others i put myself uh, before others and everything we're kind of attracting the same kind of people who want to be rescued but what about us i mean in the process of giving are you not losing um, losing out okay uh, i'm just going to take it to uh, other speakers here right now we have padma and sid um i don't know how much of that you've heard but if you'd like to start with your opinions about the topic i've shared yeah so can i go next um, thank you so much for having me on this a uh, very valid a question i think because i think there is this dichotomy that happens uh, where you're trying to figure out whether you're being selfish or you have to be a giver um but i would say what has really driven me across my life and especially now when i look at it i think it's more about acknowledging that i don't know everything and therefore i think we are in it together so let's go with the flow let's see what we need to do together you know and i think that is that's what drives me whether it's as a teacher or even in my corporate uh, avatar when i work with my team it is that i can never know as much as all of us together right. so why don't we just you know put our shoulders to the task and and keep learning from each other and we will evolve something much better at the end so i might be the head of that company you know or the head of that team but it still doesn't matter it still is that there is that acknowledgement that i do not know enough and therefore we need to learn together which i think drives me i could compare this to stephen covey in his seven habits when he speaks about the maturity uh, cycle mm-hmm. and he says that there is initially this bit of dependence right you're dependent on everybody else to be able to grow yourself so as a child you're looking out for somebody else to be able to give you that milk bottle help you to stand or whatever right mm-hmm. so for all your succulents for your needs everything somebody else has to help you then you grow to this level of independence where you say you know i am going to do it on my own and i don't need anyone and in fact it's a kind of a rebellious attitude as a teenager for instance but as you grow older and as you become a mother yourself as you become you know you look at your children around you you realize that you need your parents just as much as they need you mm-hmm. and i think that is the important factor that we need each other we cannot live in isolation we cannot stay um, you know in a cave and say okay i am self sufficient for myself for whatever i need uh, but i also agree with what honey had stated where she did say that you know uh, when you are giving you will continue to keep attracting people who want right because you are naturally there like one fountain of you know whatever do good or uh, knowledge or whatever they see you as i believe that uh, there there will be in that feeling of giving also there is a lot of gain and whether it's a gain for your soul or a gain actually you know that you're getting blessings or yeah. it is just the fact that you emotionally you feel like you had said palavi that you feel a lot stronger because you're helping somebody else you know so it puts you at a position of let me say one level higher than what you think they are at so when you give you generally give downwards right when you take you're taking from somebody up 
but i think that the true level is where you recognize that there is that symbiosis there is that interdependence that has to come from each other which really le- means that this is a mature relationship wherever it is whether it's personal or otherwise i have also been in the same fact you know like uh, uh, i've definitely been in both other situations also like i have been a giver at a lot of times where i where i think i know it all but at uh, many a time i'm uh, you know like for instance with my children i keep thinking that all right i know what they should be i know what they where they should study i know better and sometimes it does come across as being high handed but i put it down to perhaps because of my experience i think i know better but it isn't true because they have a different perspective from their point of view and therefore now after so many years you sit back and say you know what they actually know better because they are living in their today i'm living in my yesterday so am i really the right person to tell them what they should be doing or what and therefore can i really help them out in the way in which they need and when i start taking from them now when i take from even my grandchildren for instance mm-hmm. it is a lot of learning that i'm having uh, you know it's not just abacus but it is there's so much that i'm learning from them on a day to day basis which helps me to see things from their point of view so somewhere i think i had i thought i was elevating myself to the level that i would be giving them but actually it's not true you know you bring yourselves down to earth to the ground and you actually recognize that you're gaining a lot from other people around you and i think that's when the true missing other people really starts and i think the pandemic has kind of brought that home you know the fact that i haven't yeah. been able to travel to see my grandchildren over the last 2 years which has never happened before mm-hmm. and uh, you know because generally i go in june july right so it's been 2 years since i have it will be 2 years by the time i go next so that's something which is which strikes me as saying that you know so therefore there is so much of dependence that i have on on them as well for my own happiness um and then so that that's one part the other part i would also look at from the point of view of learning and i think that as a teacher when you continue to give you are closing yourself up to the perspective of your students when they want to share their perspective of a, even a concept which may not be relevant to them any longer you know but you are talking about it because you have learned it in a particular way so yeah. i think to bring that uh, uh, the relevance of everything that we are talking about i think we need to definitely keep sharing with each other and growing together towards a new tomorrow because um, i think in one of the earlier sessions also we had spoken about this where i said that we have no idea of the new normal we don't even know whether there is we are already the new normal so do we really know what tomorrow is neither do they know the students know nor can we even begin to foresee so together we have to move forward with my experience and their perspective of their reality should mm. together give them a solution of what is what can work tomorrow so i think there are ways i don't think you can say definitely that there's only one point that drives you or one philosophy that drives you in every uh, situation i think we keep adapting and picking up whatever is relevant across uh, the times across the environment across the people who are there around Well, I do I completely agree with you on so many points there but I do still have a curiosity towards as an HR professional you've dealt with so many different um 
characters, uh, if I may use that word, uh, of people. There are extremes in both ways. There are people who are fully balanced. So um, people who who just believe that they're in it for themselves and uh, they they might just harm another person by uh, attempting to help them still are able to move forward um, by doing so. You know, uh, and people accept it. They may, they might have negativities initially, but they accept it. And then that negativity turns into inspiration because, oh my God, look, someone's gotten to where they've, we've, we could never have done. So what, what's happening there? I think, I think you have a point. And I think that's where most HR people should sit back and re- recognize that this could be something which is detrimental to the entire fabric of that particular company, right? I mean, you don't want that to get absorbed into the DNA where people are, are uh, doing this for the sake of recognition or for the sake of emotional reward or even financial reward or whatever, that you're helping out others and helping them probably in the wrong way. But I think that HR needs to sit back and say, you know, like, are these people skilled enough to do the counseling? Are these people skilled enough to to help the other? Do they know enough about the job to even be the project uh, buddy for mm-hmm. for for another person? Um, and you have to keep you have to keep taking stock of it, right? I agree with you, and I do agree that yes, sometimes when a person says, "Hey, I finished my work, can I come across and help you?" How much of that really is helpful and how much of that is detrimental is something that one needs to take stock of. It does happen. And uh, uh, yes, uh, sometimes people do look at it and say, yeah, look, this guy, he's so helpful and so on. But I don't think that that is the the true way to go about it. You need to be able to look at people who who have been trained and skilled to come across and help. It's not just the intent to help. And it could be also, by the way, it could be also that the person has absolutely good intent want to help but are there people who have the skills to be able to help is something that we need to make sure okay Sid um, you've been you've been here for a bit you've heard uh, the conversation so far what what do you think about all of this uh, firstly good evening everyone hi Padam I, I made it this time hi honey it's been such a long time uh, nice to hey. be talking on this thing Okay, so um, yeah, of whatever I heard and uh, my perspective is what I'm going to be sharing. Because uh, So according to me, I feel uh, I would go with uh, we are in this together. And the other two uh, statements made is a part of we, we are in this together because they're all interdependent, right? You can't have just we are in this together without the other two, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that's that's my take. And also uh, going by Madam's uh, uh, view about uh, this whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, giving, taking, all of these, and uh, they are interdependent. You can't give without having something to take. You can't be the giver all the time, right? You can't take without having some benefit for yourself somewhere because even nature is like this, right? You can't always take from nature everything it has to offer. If you do, you'll end up with all the vast amount of destruction that we have done, what have we given back? What have we ever given back? Nothing, right? Can can anyone say anything about, uh, or at least one thing about what we've given back? I, I, I personally, I don't think I've given back much. And as human beings, being a part of nature, 
I really feel that we should have some kind of responsibility to say that okay, we've taken something and we should be give back. Okay, how can we give back? Really, nature is not going to take anything from us. But the only way in which we can show our reciprocation is by leaving behind something for the people who are going to come or the generation that's going to come, the future, right? So, I think being uh, we are in this together, and uh, that's the that's the approach that uh, I mean that's my view about this entire thing. And as far as giving and taking goes, uh, very honestly, it's good to give. Yeah, it feels great. It feels great to take as well. um which again <laughs> is 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 a very uh, very nice position to be in but yeah if it's transactional and it has a result okay great but you can't always just give neither can you just take and be the happy person all the time so we being in this together helping all of us equally to be a part of this community to be a part of this earth to be a part of nature i think that's the way um I would like to go about this entire thing. Okay, I have a follow-up question for you, and because this is from again from people whom I've spoken with and comments that I've heard from um, people of our uh, generation and possibly different generations as well, that men find it easier to go by "I help myself," and by doing so, I help others. you know it's it's just going it's a chain reaction it's going to work i can't explain the um, emotionalities and the sensitivities of it but it will work so so what's your um, understanding of that aspect of it possibly you see men and women understand uh, situations each other um, occurrences in life differently right um, they can there can be a point which they can commonly agree on uh and they could they could also be a point where everything can be commonly agreed on but usually it doesn't happen that way right so uh now going by by men saying that okay fine i can help i can help someone and i can help myself somebody will be helped by this that's okay see they think that if they help somebody they get something in return right um well that's a very good thought process but what if you don't get something in return there's nothing to do about it right so what happens there then when you don't get something in return your intent to help again shortens you you don't want to do it you don't want to help somebody again so uh but on the other hand if you take women right they are okay with helping you once and even if you don't do something for them uh, you know in return they would definitely come back to consider and help you again and if you still don't do anything to them in return they still give you another chance that's always been there i think that's where uh, they have a leverage over uh, being women and i respect women a lot uh, because in 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 uh, plain terms they're a little more considerate than men as far as all the women i've come across in my life yeah i could say this so with uh, with hey, can i can i can i just relate to what siddharth had said yeah, i was just coming to you with that yeah that part of yeah, it because <laughs> i think that's a very important point and while he's being extremely generous about the fact that you know women are always considerate i would not really agree because it has also been known that the it's the woman who says you know i've done so much for you all your life i have brought you up like this even mothers right i brought you up like this and this is how you're going to return it return the favor so i also see a lot of the emotional blackmail 
that happens from women right yeah. um but i would i would agree to the to the extent that yes there is a sacrificing nature that seems to come from um women uh, from i would say the feminine side of people i wouldn't say women because i i've also seen this in a lot of men for whom that right side of the brain is more dominant right than than the left side so i would say that if there are lots of people who would definitely look at uh, giving and continuing to give without expecting anything in return uh, but that could also come from a space which is not necessarily just sacrifice it could also be that i have so much and now i can give so you know i i think one needs to weigh this helping and giving etc from the state that one is at currently right uh, i see many men for instance when they have a lot of wealth you know you look at the azim premjis you look at uh, ratan tatas of the world uh, even ambani to an extent right if you look at all of them they they would be giving and giving very naturally as a part of corporate social responsibility maybe and also because they believe that that is something which uh, they can afford to do but then you look at other people like if you look at like for instance sudha murthy she's also got a lot but she gives off her time more than just of money more than just bringing up something you know she just sits there she's working with um, clothes sorting it out making things with her own hands and i think that kind of giving is very different from the usual donation that one looks at for instance uh, which is supposed to be philanthropic but may not be the other thing is when you look at the common people uh and you look at you know the feminine as well as the masculine uh, masculinity of people yes there is this uh, i'm not saying that they do it deliberately but it happens because men are constantly on the search for achievement they're constantly on the search for reward they're constantly on the search for report right i mean i'm, I'm talking of when i say men please don't mistake me i'm also saying there are women who are actually more men than than men right so anyone with that masculine dominance in them would tend to be looking more for that report that appreciation that achievement factor and so on whereas there are a lot of um, you know the the women i would say the the feminine part of people which would also accept that they can give because they have that natural bent of giving so i wouldn't like to just uh, gloss over it from the point of view of gender i think it's more to do with the characteristics of people which could be driven by the hemispheral lateralization the other thing i wanted to also state here is when i look at the generations and i believe people of uh, you know my generation not only because we are old and have reached that stage in life right now where we're not looking so much for ourselves but looking to be able to help others i think that uh, it is also the fact that you know we belong to the baby boomers generation where we had to fight for our rights and we know how difficult it is for others to be able to get that space so when we look at the younger generation today we also look at them and say okay there is so much that you know they and the competition has really increased much more today than it was for us but at the same time they and they have a lot of other stresses that are also affecting them so i believe that it's also generational to an extent where um, you know it 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 drives a particular type of giving or sharing or taking that's what i wanted to say okay and honey did you want to add something to that 
Um, not really. I mean, I do agree with uh, all the points uh, that Lita Auntie just said, uh, especially around, um, you know, it, it's not just women or men. It's more like, you know, your masculine personality or your feminine personality and which dominates in a particular person. I think uh, that made more sense than, you know, just women being all the givers and we being more compassionate, which I do not agree with at all. <laughs> See, and it's a it's a very large uh, scope actually, because everybody is helping someone else, some way or the other. We cannot um, say that they are not helping or they are just stuck with themselves, okay. and they are wanting to only help themselves and come up. No, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, according to me, they are helping themselves too grow in their own lives and in the pathway they will be helping other people in so many ways it may not be um, publicized as some people do because they do it in a very large scale so they get recognition but when it comes to small things within their capacity or uh, within their time limit then they each one each one of them each one of us are actually doing something or the other giving back to society or just helping the circle around them you know it could be very small because in a population of 1.3 within or more in this whole world's population i mean we don't know much who is doing what okay right we know a very small percentage of people who are doing um and so that recognition mm-hmm. um has to be applied to each and every human being it's a very natural phenomenon that's what i would like to say i'd like to add this in here do any of you believe that the the law of attraction has much to do with these um the results of the paths that you choose oh yes absolutely pallavi in fact that was what we had i uh, had also stated earlier you know and i think hani had also mentioned this that if you are doing something it's automatic that people will come to receive right if you are a taker you will always find that people are willing to give it to you now how they approach you or what is the attitude that they have towards you could differ right i would also like to um, you know uh, probably contradict a little bit of what uh, suri had said which is that i don't think that everybody is naturally a giver i think that there are a lot of people who are naturally takers and are extremely self centered for whatever other reasons it could be also because of their circumstances the environment or um, bad experiences in the past which uh, they don't want to help others or whatever so i don't think everybody is a natural giver but um, and and i also agree with your surmise earlier palavi where you stated that uh, there are people who who keep taking and sometimes um, unfortunately they get recognized for the wrong reasons right i mean they're so selfish and self centered but they still rise and it may give a wrong kind of emulation to the others the exemplar strategy that uh, you know that they that they have for the others could be something which is completely faulty but i also believe that this is probably something that is happening because the world around us has also become a lot more materialistic 
than it was maybe some time back. And again, I would go back to the generational bit. I think, um, you know, uh, people here are looking to be able to get more out of whatever resources they have. And how do they do that? By uh, saving it for themselves rather than for others. I'll give you a small example here. When I look at the armed forces, of which I am an army brat, as you know, uh, you know, and I look at people of uh, the kids of my generation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is when we were kids at that time, it was very different, right? At that time, you used to be able to see a lot of people fraternizing. You'll have lots of social parties. You'll be going out. Um, my parents would be begging for seats in, in, in schools and colleges and probably getting it as well because of the army tag. And, you know, so there was a, there was a particular way of doing things. We never owned furniture as long as we were in the armed forces. We started building a house towards the end of my dad's retirement. We started buying stuff at that time. You always lived with, um, MES furniture, MES houses, you know, the car was hardly something we needed. So we had one old ambassador car for many, many years, which we hardly used to use because there were the army transport, you know, either the three ton or the one ton into which we would jump in. In Bareilly, in fact, when my dad was commanding the ASC school, we had the buggy, the horse-drawn buggy that used to come to pick us up for school, <laughs> complete with a footman. So very Cinderella-like, we used to go in it. We never really needed to have our own cars or our own transport. But you look at it today and you look at children today and you go, you know, to places like the RSI or whatever and you find that it is completely a different milieu. You know, today the the there is not so much of that fraternization. There's not so much of that socialization. People don't drop in at each other's houses like we used to earlier. Uh, my parents tell me of the time when my mom, my mom tells me, for instance, the time that she was newly married, a young bride in Jammu. And suddenly on the second week uh, over there, everybody in that entire station came to her and said, make us food. And I think she started making dosas and she had to make 110 or something because you know, the mixing was going on at one side. She was doing this at one side because people were so hungry and they, they had no qualms about asking for it because it was really treated as one family. So give and take was a very natural way of living. But mm-hmm. today, if you want to go and visit a senior officer, you will have to take an appointment. You'll have to make sure it is on time. You'll have to make sure that the wife is not working somewhere else and therefore has no other call on her time, you know? And there is always that distance that is maintained. You are not going to go there and say, okay, I'm staying for dinner. You know, you will come away. So things have changed in in very many ways. Even if I look at the way in which uh, when I started my career back in 1980, and I I think back of the NTPC where, uh, which is the first company that I joined and, very sadly, of course, today you would have heard that the new plant has been damaged in, um, you know, with the Chamoli glacier flooding in Uttarakhand mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, um, you know, when I joined NTPC, for instance, at that time, it was such a warm atmosphere. And the fact that we were so few women um, actually allowed it to become more of a family. You know, it was it was very, very nice. But today, when I see the struggle that youngsters have when they join a new company, we have to make a special effort as HR. Our, our, uh, we reach out to them to help them to feel included because it is not natural to the rest of the team to actually include them. So there is a difference in, I think, and I don't really put it only to culture. I don't only put it down to generation. I think it's the time. 
the fact that we have reached uh, an era where people are trying to uh, have got many alternatives for the way they spend their money or the way they conserve resources for what end it wasn't there earlier we never had that kind of feeling you know i i remember my father telling me by the 20th of every month we were dead broke we had nothing to eat we had nothing to you know spend money <laughs> on but we used to go to the rsi we used to have fun the kids used to meet in the playground we never had the kind of demands that children have now but today you find the children want so much that both parents are working and still both parents will take loans for the future for things that the children don't really need today but which we are trying to gratify them because we want to assuage our guilt in some way you right. know so i think we become very materialistic we become a very consumerist society which is good for the people who are in sales or motor vehicles or anything else <laughs> for instance right so i think i think you know um, and like i was just saying we were perfectly okay with just having one ambassador car but today if you want cars i mean a jaguar is something that you should have in your garage right i mean it's just something Absolutely. that <laughs> and i also do have a lot of army officers who want cars for me and they don't want anything less they don't want to travel in their ambassadors or they were just saying and- that times have changed the army officers of today have a different status recognition you know which we never yeah, had that is a great thing which <laughs> that is, is very is a good great for you. thing <laughs> absolutely good for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah i think change is uh, something that we are going to live with uh, at least um, what we're going to have till we are alive because everything is going to change that's the way it is uh seasons change the time changes people around us change thought processes change so it's great it's great and i think the biggest power we have is the power of adaptation that we can adapt to every kind of change and that's our specialty so helping no helping help yourself first become good then go to somebody else help them uh, get them up on a level where they can help somebody else and then you're all in it together So yeah that's that's how it works it's a cycle it keeps going on and uh, change is probably the driver of the cycle right so uh, with different times you have different needs you have different requirements and then you start helping yourself differently and everything goes on according to the cycle so yeah it's pretty much interconnected and it's great yeah absolutely i i agree with what you said uh, siddharth because i think uh, that's right we have a lot of change around us we are in this constant movement and uh, it is important for us to be able to adapt uh, and sometimes you need to depend on everybody else to be able to help you to adapt whether it's through their you don't want to make the same mistakes that others have done so learning from them either from their stories or asking for their advice on where to go is also a way of adaptation i completely agree and you were saying something Yeah I absolutely agree with what Siddharth said about uh, adaptation uh, we are constantly in the mode of toggling between helping yourself helping uh, you know getting help from others or you know we're in this together let's just go with the flow right um, and i think this also stems from uh, what exactly are you giving and getting in return what what is it uh, are you giving advice are you giving uh, emotional support are you giving uh, financial support to somebody or giving or receiving basically so uh, what are you exactly helping with that i think is uh, the driver 
to where you are actually putting yourself in uh, are you helping yourself first or are we in this together or uh, you know are are you just taking help from somebody else i think that is what's going to drive you uh, to decide uh, how to toggle between these three topics right and well coming um, to the to the end of our discussion but i just wanted to know if you were to share one a piece of advice or a suggestion to people who are struggling with their personal choices or prioritizing themselves um in certain situations so uh, i would say that you know i uh, my advice to people would be that actually even in this just go with the flow sense it out as to what is really important at that time sometimes it's important to have the seat belt syndrome like honey had spoken earlier that you first strap yourself in before you can save somebody else put that oxygen mask on before you can help somebody else i think it's important to be able to do that but at the same time you also need to keep uppermost in your mind about what the others around you need and again times could be different for that or sometimes you just learn to be symbiotic and depend on each other so i don't think there is just one strategy that one needs to use and i like the word that honey had used you know about toggling between each uh, frame and i think sometimes it could be also that there is you need to use all three types in one situation but maybe first second and third you keep choosing uh, whatever is important so i think it's um, critical for us to be able to realize that there is no one solution for the rest of your life you will need to keep altering you will need to keep looking at uh, ways in which there is always the greater good greater including yourself Mm-hmm. whatever is important how do you get the best kind of return on that investment of time and effort for you so that's what i wanted to say i don't think there's one solution okay i'm not in a position to actually advise anybody mm-hmm. i myself i'm figuring out things as i go so what i would say is if you uh, you know if i were put in a situation where i have to help myself but um i'm thinking about or what would the other people do or you know how would they judge me or how would they perceive me or would they think i'm really selfish mm-hmm. um the advice that i would give to myself at that time is you know uh, you can't always please everybody but if you think you need to actually uh, you know uh, strap on and just go and help yourself i think that is the best you should do uh, that is what you should do okay yeah and um what i would like to add on here is mm-hmm. you are uh, trying to help or you want to give advice um the big question here is what is right what is wrong because um one man's um, one man's uh, nectar may be another man's poison you know mm-hmm. so uh, each one has to think properly and uh, have a proper insight about the other person to whom they are going to advise or give suggestions because there is a lot of knowledge um some of it very biased some of it very prejudiced so the people who are hearing already have a set of thought processes so we need to be extremely careful as to what we want to suggest and advise people right yeah. the thoughts and the deeds of uh, 
ourselves and the other persons is very bound by a lot of norms and morals okay. which uh, the society has has uh, you know is bound with right yeah. and we naturally abide by it to say the least i agree with what uh, suryanti is saying about morals and ethics and everything right because just to give you like a tiny example uh, you know most of our ethics and morals professors they would have asked us so there are two tracks uh, uh, and there, there's a cart coming and you have the choice to save your loved one and a stranger who would you choose so obviously over there you would be helping yourself by saving the person who's close to you right you would obviously choose the your loved one yeah. and sometimes Strange you are happy at what yes yeah, so that i think i'll, I'll save the stranger <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no i i i think i'm sure most of us have clear lifestyle choices for the some who still battle themselves i hope this discussion helps well that's all for today Next week we come back with a twist. Until then, stay safe and spread the love.